1: Whenever I work in a city doing a mural, I love to fully immerse myself with that city. I connect with the people, I talk to the locals, I keep stickers in my pocket, and kids come up and talk to me, I try to advocate for the arts as much as possible. But more importantly, I just love to be a cultural connection.
0: Appalachia Meets World, a podcast about place and perspective, but always Appalachia. And don't forget, Will, tonight's episode is powered by SOAR. Shaping our Appalachian region. If you're an entrepreneur out there, especially in eastern Kentucky, check them out. Appalachian meets world, we're back. It's Will. And Neil, my man is excited today. Oh, yeah. You excited, just, today. excited to see me or are you just happy it's Friday? You know, it's Friday. It's, it's actually Veterans Day, man. Shout out to all the veterans out there. Yep, Johnny Warren, come on! Just excited in general. Good man, it's good to hear your voice perking up. I mean, it's always always great talk to you, but especially when you're excited. <laughs> so uh, there for a minute, I thought you might have been that lone lottery winner. Can you imagine? What would you do first? Well, a couple things. We would no longer need sponsors for this show. Who? I would live on an island somewhere. The you and Kenny? I would ask Kenny over to the house to play privately for me. <laughs> Nice. I thought about it a little bit. You know, the first thing I'll do. What's that? No doubt about it. First thing i would do is pay for the construction of homes in eastern Kentucky. Whoever wins this lottery could pay for that. No problem. Then I don't know (laughs) if I'd ask Kenny Chesney for a personal concert, but I'd definitely get a personal concert from someone. Speaking of concerts, Will. I mean, I know you like music and I know you're into uh, the music scene, so I know you would have a personal concert by somebody. But last night on the CMA Awards, and you know I don't watch award shows, but I do. you know where I'm going with this. You didn't see it? I didn't see it. Patty Loveless and Chris Stapleton. Brought the house down with some. You'll never leave Harlan alive. Are you serious? I got to rewatch it that. It was awesome, man. I have to rewatch that. It was awesome. It was worth. It was worth <laughs> me watching the twenty minutes of the show that I actually watched. So I'm glad I <laughs> caught that part. Did you know they were going to play it? Is that why you watched it? I heard it on. You know, like how they'll go out say like, up next is going to be blah 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 blah. You know, they give you like a teaser that's coming up. So I heard the teaser as I was walking through the house, and I, then I sat down and had to wait and watch until that came on. Hayden Manning was hosting too, so it made me more interested. <laughs> I imagine he's probably a pretty good host. Do you watch yeah, do You watch the Manning cast? Oh, it's the only way to watch Monday Night Football. <laughs> I know, right? That's the only Especially only, when it's a boring game. That's the only way I'll watch it. I'm telling you. I don't, I don't watch the regular guys well, anymore. Well, tell me this, because I find myself – I find myself not even watching the game when I watch the Manning cast. Like, I miss so much of the game because when I'm watching the Manning cast, I'm just watching the Mannings. <laughs> That's true. That brings me to another question. So our podcast, are you more of, are you more of Peyton and I'm more of Eli, or is it opposite? Uh, I don't know. You're more, you're more of like a Cooper, and I'm more of like an Eli. Neither or like Cooper of, behind the scenes? Yeah, neither one of us are Peyton. You just, nobody's Peyton, is that what you're saying? Well, I'm just saying Peyton is so analytical all the time about every little intricacy. And the other two would be much more fun to hang out with. (laughs) I think think you're probably right. (laughs) (laughs) I got a couple pieces of Appalachian news for you this week. That's why I'm here. I wanted to mention a couple of openings. So there's a grand opening of Create Appalachia. It's in Johnson City. It's a center for art and technology, but it has a grand opening on November the 19th from four to six. And I wanted to mention it because the reason that they put together this Create Appalachia was really to drive economic development by supporting creative entrepreneurs. So that's artists, people in the creative space. I think it's a really awesome idea. They had found in Johnson City that the artists, that were getting trained at the university there were leaving because there were little opportunities. So they built this center, which is opening, like I said, November 19th, to really be an incubator for the creative economy for artists and creatives in the region. So I think it's pretty cool. Cool. But you can check it out, find out more. They have a lot of programming, a lot of grants, a lot of programs. It's createappalachia.org. Awesome. Any more app news for me? There's another opening I just want to mention real quick. It's Indigenous Appalachia. It's an exhibition by the WVU Art in the Libraries um, on the WVU campus. It is really to highlight the Indigenous history within Appalachia. It's a really cool event. That's November 14th at 7 p.m. It's the launch event. So check that out. You can find it at the WVU library site, and you can register to attend. Awesome. One other thing. All right. The UK Art Museum is launching a new, uh, actually, it's just kind of highlighting, but it's having a launch date on November the 12th, a new comic book called Nightlife, N-I-T-E-L-I-T-E, and it's written by Trayton Blackburn. He's an alumnus of the University of Kentucky Department of Theater and Dance, but he has gotten into writing comics, and he was born in Pikeville, and this comic is all about Appalachia, uh, the main characters from Appalachia. I just think it's really cool uh, to see the art, arts and work through this comic book, and they're having a, a launch, the grand launch, I guess you could call it, November 12th. All right. Lots of stuff going on in Appalachia. Put those dates in your calendar. Try to check those out if you're in those areas. Yeah, I think uh, we highlighted a little bit about the arts in Appalachian news, and there's a reason for that because of who we're going to have on the show today. Yeah, there's no better on the scene right now in, in Appalachia, in my opinion, than, than our guest today. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Yeah, and you know, uh, I spent a little bit of time in Asheville not too long ago. I don't know if you've been to Asheville in a while, but the Asheville River Arts District. Have you ever been to the River Arts District in Asheville? I have, Will, actually. It's one of those places where you think, oh, I'm going to stump him. He's never been here because he's not that guy. But not this time. It's a really cool place. Every time I go there, they're adding something new. But for people that don't know, it it was an old – warehouse district that they have revitalized the art community really revitalized in Asheville. It's not in downtown. It's right outside of downtown on the water, but it's a really cool area. A lot of artists have taken space in some of those old abandoned warehouses, and it's just revitalized the area as arts often do. Yes, sir. Very cool place. Very cool place. Two other (laughs) things. Uh, I I read an article in Garden and Gun by Jenny Stubbs. she writes a lot of articles. She's been doing travel articles for a long time. She's from Watumpka, Alabama. I know she wrote a book called My Watumpka, a picture book love story. But she wrote this article in Garden and Gun, and it's all about the small towns with big art scenes in the South. And two of those are in Appalachia, one of those being Watumpka, Alabama. If you're not familiar with the Watumpka HTTV hometown takeover was there in 2021, but they have an incredible art scene. And one of the things they have is the Watumpka Wildlife Arts Festival, which I think was this past weekend. And then the other crown jewel of central Appalachia, Berea, Kentucky, has an amazing historic artisan culture. And it's where the Kentucky Artisan Center is located. Yeah, well, that shocks me. I didn't know about Berea. So that's really cool. One last thing, when you're talking about art communities, Appalachia has a heritage in regards to arts. But one of the cool things that I found through another article, Travel and Leisure had an article on nine of the best small towns in the U.S. for art lovers. And one of those towns is Berkeley Springs, West Virginia. It's a really cool art town. They have a 40,000 square foot community art center called Ice House. It's been you know, recognized by many of places as one of the best small arts towns in America. And looking into it a little bit further, it was actually recognized by West Virginia as a certified art community by the West Virginia Department of Arts and history. So I just wanted to mention that, that West Virginia runs this cool program where they certify communities as art towns, and there are currently 10 of them. Berkeley Springs, West Virginia was one of the first. So I just wanted to mention that, how important arts can be for a community, how important arts can be for a region, and how it can drive economic change in an area. All right, Will. Well, speaking of driving change in an area, our guest tonight, has really done some great pieces throughout Eastern Kentucky and Appalachia to uh, definitely make an immediate impact of change in uh, places and cities that we know very well. So I'm looking forward to talking to Colleen Turner, the best artist I know, about her works as of late and what she's been up to uh, this past year or so. And to, to just let our listeners hear directly from her, Uh, what she does on a daily basis. So without further delay, let's get our guest on. All right. The great entrepreneur. Let's do it. All right, on the show today, we have a special creator, Colleen Turner. She's an Appalachian artist a muralist and what we like to call an entrepreneur. She is working to bring art, imagination, and creativity to all of Appalachia, one small town at a time. So, Colleen, we want to thank you for being on the show. Really appreciate your time. We know you're busy, but thanks for being here.
1: Oh, thank you. The the pleasure's all mine. It's a joy to always have an opportunity to talk about art and share what I do uh, with the community and now listeners everywhere.
0: Absolutely. We want to dive right into that. But first, we have a question for you that we ask everyone. Like most Appalachians are big on history, big on tradition. Our family is as well. We have appetizers at the holidays, usually this big spread of appetizers. So we wanted to ask you, do you have a favorite appetizer or just holiday dish?
1: Ooh, I have been anticipating this question as a, a I'm a, no. a long-time listener. <laughs> so <laughs> I appreciate it. How else am, am I going to um, stimulate my brain while I'm painting? <laughs> yeah, you listen to great podcasts. So a dish that would be my favorite is my mother's salt pork green beans. They stew and meld the entire day on the stove top and just aromatic flavor. You know, it fills your nostrils and your palate and there's not a bean left in the pot at the end of the day. Only an
0: artist would pick green beans. I love green beans. (laughs) Does she can them too?
1: My mother does not, my granny did. And my love of green beans started with her straight in the garden. I'll eat green beans straight off the bush as a snack, as a meal all day every day
0: did you grow Um, up breaking them
1: stringing beans yeah so greasy beans were a thing that i learned about when i came to kentucky there's a different palette to different beans as i've learned so stringing and snapping beans i did a lot of not many beans made it into the bucket
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's a great answer and and speaking of that you know you said when you came to kentucky can you just uh, let our listeners know tell us a little bit about yourself and how you became this amazing artist
1: well Becoming an amazing artist. But uh, a little bit about me. I'm not going to say the trite answer of I was born with a crayon in my hand or, you know, I had this ability because I truly believe that our abilities in whatever we choose to do is learning and relearning and growing every single day. So I'm an artist and a beginning artist every day and growing and changing that one technique and skill at a time. However, in growing up in Ohio and nurturing this artistic ability and stuff like that, I wanted to go to an art school for college. Uh, my mom wanted me to go to a liberal arts school, so I found my home after Cumberland College in Kentucky. The mountains, the water, the people has a lifestyle that I crave and desire to be a part of, and so I found my home in Kentucky. So I've I've always been an artist in some capacity, doing things for other people, commissions and small projects, but working for someone else doesn't compare to working for yourself, setting your schedule, your day, choosing your clients and uh, really the outreach and time that you have. And so I decided I wanted to try this art thing full time and work for myself. And uh, everyone doubted me, said I wouldn't be successful at it. And so Me, I like a good challenge. I had to prove them wrong. And so I went after it full force and slowly have built, I wouldn't claim it to be successful, but I'm making a difference in ways in breaking the stigmas and labels of art and artists and being a working artist. There's a lot of power in art as far as therapy and growth and placemaking and community development and just a whole different connection with people that is, I wouldn't say it's lost, but it's definitely undervalued. In
0: a lot of ways. Yeah, I'm glad you made that point. We want to talk about you. I mentioned you're a muralist. We want to talk about that in a minute. But you know, we talk about community development. We talk about economic economic development a lot on this show. We also talk about the importance of downtowns, especially for the smaller rural communities. Some people would argue that downtown revitalization may be the the most important economic development tool there is, especially for those small towns. I want to give a shout out. There's a really good downtown revitalization ready guide out there. I know the Appalachian Funders Network, the Central Appalachian Network, Foundation for Appalachian, Kentucky, and CEDIC kind of partnered to put this thing together, but it's called Thriving Downtown's an Investment Playbook for Appalachia. That being said, whenever... A community is starting to think about revitalizing a downtown, the arts always comes up in conversation. It's actually probably the first thing that comes up. And I don't know if it's because it's low-hanging fruit, if it's something that they can see an immediate impact, but you kind of alluded to it briefly before, but how important are the arts to downtown revitalization from an artist's perspective? And why does the art sometimes get forgotten about until, you know, they start talking about downtown revitalization or something important. Mm -hmm.
1: Low low lying fruit is a great way to explain that. People like quick fixes and nothing against that. And people like to see just fast change and turnover without diving into murals, beautification and facades and simple things of a downtown can easily make that statement and impact and start in small ways low-lying fruit also in regards to how to utilize and plan with an end in mind I think artists are forgotten to be a part of those committees and the beginning stages and so at the end of, you know, a year or um, a project, they're like, oh, we totally forgot we could have done this and it should have been planned from the forefront that we should budget for X amount of murals or this artistic event or beautification, if that had been started from the beginning, it could have altered that end result. But from the beginning, if you involve the arts, beautification, rural development, and anything from landscaping to facades to murals to lighting to um, even just trash pickup, all of those things fall together hand in hand as far as creative placemaking and pride and ownership and it snowballs into all of that development in downtown and mainstream and you've had guests on the on the show before talk about those things some very popular guests and people can look up economic development or rural development and things i don't want to speak out of turn but there's so much about it like we're only scratching the surface
0: Yeah, I, I think it's such an important aspect to developing downtowns, to developing communities in general. But you made a really good point. During the planning process, a lot of times the artists, the artist community is forgotten about and they should be included. They should be at the table to talk about how to revitalize the community, because, like we said, art and beautification always comes to the forefront as that quick fix or that immediate thing that you can touch and that you can see um, as art is. Yeah, We wanted to really dive into your murals. They are an amazing, I don't know if anybody's ever seen one of your murals, but I think you may have them on your website, a few of them. Mm-hmm. But, uh, they're amazing and incorporated into, into the communities that you do them in. There, there's a story behind each one of them, I think. Uh, can you just talk about Uh, the importance of your murals and maybe how you got into doing murals in small town Appalachia?
1: I've been doing murals for a really long time. I'm not sure that people know how long. As far as doing them as an established business has been a shorter amount of time because you know I, I never thought that I could make money doing it and connect in such a way with communities and have it just set an example and open so many doors. And then in doing that, with clients um, as far as like murals in their private residence, and um, then, you know, evolving into businesses and branding and custom designs and stuff like that. I guess probably the biggest one that I would be known for in Corbin that kind of like seems like I got my start with would be the the underpass. And so there was a, a local contest and people submitted proposals and designs and you won the contest and essentially got to paint this mural. And then from there, it just took off. I had like three jobs at the time and I was trying to do this mural also. And so it was, it was a lot to balance, like a very big juggling act. I don't know how people do it, but another city that I had worked with, Barberville, Kentucky, they approached me with a downtown revitalization idea. And we, we made a plan and we walked through all of these different Places and looked at surfaces and talked about uh, structures and elements and stuff like that. And then they presented this idea to draw tourism, to generate revenue for the city and create um, an experience, essentially, while beautifying their downtown and starting this trend. And so working with the city, they were able to create this arts district or the beginning of an arts district. I wouldn't say that I solely created it hopefully people add to it. No one artist has to do all the murals. And I took that quote from another muralist and wholly agree with it, that there should be variety and technique and style everywhere. But in working with murals, I realized the value and importance of entrepreneur and entrepreneurship. I like the entrepreneurship because whenever I work in a city doing a mural, I love to fully immerse myself with that city. I connect with the people. I talk to the locals. I keep stickers in my pocket if kids come up and talk to me. I try to advocate for the arts as much as possible but more importantly I just love to be a cultural connection between a community and then being a a guest in their community but I also rename myself as a local at that time because I I become a steward of their city. I'm as courteous with them as they are me. And I've just been in some amazing cities that, you know, it's been 90 degrees outside and they stop and check and make sure I have water or something to eat. People have brought me homemade muffins and coffee and just these amazing things. Like, you know, I can't experience stuff like that sitting behind a desk. And so it's valuable to be able to connect people with art and in turn, become a citizen of their city. And I tell people a lot of times when I'm creating, not many people see an artistic process from start to finish. And being able to create that display for people to see is really, it's something that I hold dear to my heart. And so I try to make it the best experience that people can really, really be a part of.
0: I'm glad you talked about that process because I, I, I go in larger cities all the time and I, and I see these murals but a lot of the times they don't really have a connection to the city. It's just something that the artist wanted to draw. And that's great. It's, it's, it's beautiful. But it really, I, I see no connection to the city. Your process and what you're talking about is different. You connect with the city first through your process and your murals display that for the city. What, what type of impact do you think your murals have on the small towns?
1: I would hope they would have a, a great impact. It's hard to gauge that because essentially once I create a mural, it becomes the city's, you know, it's, it's the people's mural. And so um, unless everyone hashtags me on every single picture, (laughs) I only occasionally catch, catch wind or information about how people like murals or, or like my work or, or something like that. When it does, um, I'm just like, yay, there's a a little flag and I'm like, yeah.
0: Do you know about the Appalachian Mural Trail? There's this cool website you should check out. I mean, it's kind of a clunky website. I don't know who put it together, but it's called the Appalachian Mural Trail. But it's only for uh, murals in North Carolina, Appalachian portion of North Carolina, Tennessee, and Virginia. But I think it's Mm. a really cool idea because there are a bunch of murals along this trail that you can get on the website and you can look at directly. You can click on the link and they'll show you the mural it's a way to attract visitors, but I think we should uh, think about a KT mural trail as you continue (laughs) through this process. Is that that something you've ever thought about?
1: You know, I have, and I've actually had people, I would, I would call them collectors, killing collectors, killing Turner collectors, approach me and say, we're going to do the killing Turner mural trail today, and I was like, oh, That's amazing. It made me want to do something more for them. Like if they went to all the murals, maybe they get dinner with me or like a studio visit or like a cool enamel pen with like my branding on it. Like,
0: yay. Just as a quick marketing idea, you need to put the KT trail on your website.
1: Do you know how to do that? Did you say (laughs) did I just
0: I can answer that question for you?
1: (laughs) Did I just hear you say that you know how to do that? You're gonna do it for me.
0: I can work on that for you.
1: (laughs) If someone's listening and they know how to do that and they want to collaborate, I would be open to hearing their thoughts on that and how how to make that happen.
0: Do you know how many murals you have?
1: Last year, I have at least eight. This year, I have at least eight more.
0: You have eight completed already this year? I believe so. Do you have a favorite mural that you've done?
1: Ooh, is that a loading question?
0: Absolutely. <laughs> no bias.
1: My favorite mural is always the mural in the city that I'm working on at the time.
0: I, I wish our listeners could see your hands as you get yes. them up. You have paint all over your hands. You're currently working, right? Can you tell us where you're working?
1: <laughs> I'm working in Pinesville right now. Last mural of the season um, exterior. It's over a hundred foot wall. It's going to be
0: beautiful. Check out. Colleen, oh! if you're driving down the road in Pineville, Kentucky today, stop and give her some water.
1: <laughs> Don't just throw it at me. <laughs>
0: also
1: also accept forms of coffee, fruity no pebble treats.
0: <laughs> we also know that you were recently the artisan residence at the Appalachian Big Ideas Festival. Congrats for that. That's oh thank pretty you. Pretty awesome. How was that being the artisan residence?
1: Oh my gosh, it was it was beyond amazing. I've never been asked to do something like that. And it was truly, it was truly wonderful to uh, essentially finish a mural in this setting of about three or four days. I was in a boom lift the whole time. The unfortunate part is that I didn't get to interact with people other than from up above. It was usually like yelling encouragement and, you know, funny little dances and stuff like that. It was truly wonderful. There's, there are some Amazing minds in people in Appalachia in Kentucky, you know, all over the world. But the people I connected with during that event were just so grounded and earth-shaking, forward-thinking. It was it was nice to be around just that energy. And they're doing some truly great things. I personally got to talk about um, creative placemaking there, and uh, similar to to what we had discussed. And then there was a lot of QA further into the mural process and what that looks like it was fun it was really fun that was a really different mural I got to think a little more freely I'm gonna revisit earlier you had mentioned you drive through big cities and a lot of times you see murals that seem disconnected from maybe where they're at and what they're a part of and that's a really hard struggle in painting and creating for a client is do you fully give up being true to yourself and create something that you're uncomfortable with, or that isn't truly your style that isn't recognized by your hand, Or do you create something that is purely you that you um, envelop and want to put out there for the world? Essentially, everything, everything's a canvas, but your client can really dictate a lot of what you do and how you create it's nice it's nice to connect and subtly suggest artistic designs with murals in a way that promotes a forward thinking image and artistic style
0: it's a really valid point you talked about being honored being the artist in residence but um, we talk about capacity building on this show a lot too we've had leadership kentucky on the show we know that you went through the bright leadership program which is a, an excellent program in regards to the kentucky leadership we just want to ask you about that experience and how important you thought it was to bring the art community, to bring artists into that leadership capacity building space.
1: Bright Kentucky was career changing. It was a big step for myself in confidence as well as representing my community and the region and uh, artists in general. Gosh, it was so awesome.
0: <laughs>
1: so awesome. I had applied the first year or attempted to apply and talked myself out of it. Um, Imposter syndrome is an amazing thing. And then through very diligent encouragement, uh, reapplied um, a following year and actually got in. And through that, you know, getting accepted and meeting all these wonderful people stewards for their cities uh, leaders in their cities and you know and they're, they're there to be these mouthpieces and amplify uh, great things that are going on. I felt a little like the black sheep I'm not gonna lie doing a popcorn meet and greet you know I'm like yeah, I'm a fine artist and muralist and uh, the career changed like the the facial career like they didn't know how to approach me they're, I got a lot of well you don't look like an artist. And I said, well, what is an artist supposed to look like? And they were like crazy hair and like these certain clothes and you're supposed to be a certain way. I'm like, I don't like labels and I don't, I I just want to represent the most authentic self that I am. I don't have to dress the part. I just need to be who I am. So through, through bright leadership. I made a lot of connections all over the southeastern Kentucky region. I experienced a lot about communities in all different stages of revitalization and development. A lot of the people in my bright class have actually advocated for me so much in my fine art and murals, guest speaking to students about art careers, that a lot of my work this year has been in those counties and in those cities for me the the bright leadership kentucky event has just as i said before it has just been career changing
0: that's an amazing perspective i uh, i work with boards i will sit on boards all the time and i see and i hear the same perspectives the same people that are in these leadership roles it's so important to have this diversity of perspective in leadership to have this diversity of voice in what we're doing to try to build capacity, to try to build communities. So it's it's amazing to hear your perspective on that and how you thought yourself as an outsider or not relevant to the conversation. But I think you are you were probably more relevant than most in the room to bring that different perspective and that, you know, that different eye to the leadership row, I guess.
1: Oh, I mean that's that's very kind of you to say and I'm gonna agree with you. In a very humble manner. Also, because when we have these committees and people, people sit on them, and we don't bring artists into them, you're excluding your visionaries, and you're excluding your problem solvers. And those are powerful tools. To just have quick, quick thinking, quick alternatives or, you know, those are those are the people that you want and to, to sit there and, the, and they shouldn't be excluded.
0: I, I wanted to ask you about something I saw on your website and I want you to let the listeners know about your website as well and how they can get in touch. But there's a really cool quote, quote on your website. It's nostalgia, expression, culture and imagination artistry for every day and extraordinary circumstances ultimately becoming an integral part of our existence that's your own personal quote but can you just talk a little bit about that quote what what made you put it on your website where it came from
1: yeah so with art and i truly i truly believe this um and i try to live in that i say authenticity a lot It brings about humility and vulnerability and just a rawness of life that is not admired or sought after anymore. Like we all try and fit these molds or things like that. And I don't mean that in any kind of weird way. (laughs) that mission statement is so powerful because when we view art and we're always exposed and experience art in some form or fashion, you're going to connect with it. You're going to like it. You're going to dislike it. You're going to be reminded of a smell, a place, a feeling and all of these things. And it truly becomes part of our lives, like whether we like it or not. You see a mural and you hate it. Well, it did its job. (laughs) It's art. (laughs) you adorn yourself with certain brands and styles that you, that you like, and they mean something to you. And so delving deeper into that mission statement, I really wanted to hone in on time and life and creative elements and things that are lost and just put a familiarity to that phrase. But essentially, we're integrated with creative mindsets we all create in some way in in some capacity and so just nurturing those is being being true to yourself and just yeah I can't I can go on and on and on about this but it, it's uh it speaks for itself
0: it's really cool really visionary obviously from a creative mind uh, where I'm can our listener listeners see it
1: oh <laughs> you can see my quote my mission statement at my website uh, keeen turner dot art k e l l e n e p-u-r-n-e-r
0: and if yes. anybody needs some commission work they can get in touch with you through your website
1: they could mm-hmm. they could also uh they could sign up for newsletters behind the scenes stuff they can i've got all kinds of custom products on there a little more edgy
0: they can get the colonel sanders slap t-shirt you gotta tell they us can. where that can
1: be. they can my husband's a huge nerd I love him so. I am too at heart. And sometimes things just spark in my brain on play, making fun of local mascots or idols and things that people worship. And so, taking a very popular comic of Batman slapping Robin and turning it into the local Colonel Sanders slapping a chicken has been a very popular design. <laughs> And you can get that on a shirt. I also have limited edition print for artwork and stuff like that. But I do that with a lot of things. Mother clicking good is a really good phrase. I say funny phrases when I'm doing things like son of a biscuit. That'll probably end up on a shirt.
0: <laughs> I have a couple of quick questions for you. You're yeah. Do you have a favorite piece of art and a favorite artist?
1: Mm. A favorite piece of art of my own or of somebody else's?
0: Uh, either or.
1: There is a piece of art I've created that will never be seen. It is my husband's piece. It is the patent to my heart.
0: Oh, a little mystery behind it, huh? Yeah. No one's ever going to see it, right?
1: No, it's a private collection piece. But it, I mean, it is what exactly what I said. Um, it looks just like a U.S. patent print. He's my biggest fan, and so he gets the best. And that'll stay in our collection for forever. A uh, favorite artist currently would have to be Gustav Klimt. Slowly getting into some geometric design, melded with some natural form. I think it's like a fun a fun play on uh, styles and elements. You'll know his most famous works is The Kiss. The, a male figure is cradling a uh, female figure's face in a very like candy cane shape, yellow uh, quilting around them. He worked a lot with Gold Leaf. It's a beautiful piece. Absolutely. It's very romantic.
0: I really look that up. Other than yourself, do you have a favorite Appalachian artist?
1: Ooh, Appalachian artist.
0: I mean, you are um, in Bonneville, so 200. great artists in Bonneville.
1: There are so many fantastic Appalachian artists. hard to name drop because stylistically, I can name, I can almost name one for every single type of work in a genre. So I don't want to pick favorites. It's because I'm influenced by so many different artists. Just the way they work, the way they capture, the way they present Conversations, time, talking technique and materials—it's it, endless.
0: There's a guy in Pineville, Michael Rome, who's mm-hmm. done a lot of painting over the over the years. I, I, was, I was just giving him a shout out.
1: Oh, he's fantastic! I worked with Michael actually on designing the Pineville mural near the pharmacy. His original design and my fun, fanciful, artistic flair combined created what you see in downtown pineville i highly encourage you to visit his shop buy some of his beautiful works and uh, visit the mural that he helped create and his signatures there as well so
0: we'll go on to this question that i like even better what's your favorite fishing spot
1: oh oh i love it ah on the farm i know exactly what's in there i know the hot spots the honey holes what to throw what they hit oh yeah
0: (laughs) where's that (laughs) on the farm where's the farm
1: (laughs) (laughs) Williamsburg,
0: Williamsburg <laughs> Kentucky, on the yeah.
1: farm. Sorry, I got excited. I love, gosh, I love fishing.
0: Oh yeah, what's your favorite? You have a favorite lure?
1: Hmm, uh, top water popper or a pumpkin seed frog. Get some every time.
0: Good advice. <laughs> you ever fly fished?
1: Yes. That's a silly question.
0: Well, what do you? I'm not good at it. What do you? Yeah, I'm not either. What do you prefer?
1: Anything that. Anything that's biting, anything that catches the fish. (laughs) (laughs) Also a silly question.
0: Similar to that question. What do you love most about Appalachia then?
1: Mm, The lifestyle would encompass it all. The people, the places, the experiences, the food, the culture, the resources, just all of it. The hunger for growth and the appreciation of the past, just quality of life, man. I can't sum it up more or less.
0: I think that's, that's perfect. perfect. Because I listened to your previous comments on the beginning of our show. What is your favorite restaurant green bean?
1: If you ask me to rate local ranch, I can I can tell you top top five ranches
0: but, in but you Corbin, don't Kentucky. order you don't order green beans out?
1: I do, but they're part of mom's.
0: Of course, of course. <laughs> Some things that our listeners don't know. You have a twin. Have you and your twin ever worked together on murals, or have you ever used her to go do another mural while you're working in another city?
1: No to the latter. Yes to the first one. So we she's an artist. Work extremely as well. well. Yes, yes. Um, she actually has training in scenic design and painting. Um, instructed for quite a few years, has traveled all over the world, taking and teaching. And of course, because she's my twin, I don't have to communicate with her. We just paint and have the most Disney-fied time uh, ever. And Disney-fied means we talk in Disney quotes. We don't really give instruction.
0: Well, you're talking to two guys that have very different opinions on Disney. Oh, I know. Yeah. She does. I've
1: listened, long-time yeah. listener, guys.
0: Okay. Okay. Okay.
1: <laughs> but you're not you're not wrong, both of you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> At what age did you know you wanted to be an artist?
1: I'm pretty sure the day I took my first breath. One of my most fondest memories is sitting with my dad drawing stick figures on this schoolmate chalkboard and uh, we we slowly developed our stick figures into three-dimensional characters with clothing and hair and hands and it's a very fond memory very good memory also uh, tomorrow morning I'm doing a live paint for veterans people will be able to bid or donate while I'm painting and the highest bidder obviously gets the painting but all of the funds collected uh, will go to family readiness group with our local army national guard and that's a support system while spouses are away or at training at wartime. And a lot of times they just, they give them resources that they might be lacking or they supply the kids with gifts and stuff um, during Christmas. And it's huge. Um, That's amazing. Where, where can wonderful. people donate? Cool. Is this
0: online or do they have to come in person?
1: It would probably be on my PayPal um, and it'll be available on my uh, link during the live live stream. I've never gone live before, so we'll see how it goes.
0: What, what advice would you give to a young six seven year old girl or boy that wants to be an artist
1: you can do anything you want to do that seems like a very trite statement so long as you're determined and motivated and surround yourself with people who are going to nurture that but you can also do whatever you want to do in any time of your life you don't have to know what you want to do right away
0: so in in tradition to our podcast, I I have to ask this question. The first thing that comes to your mind when you hear the word Appalachia.
1: Mm, You know, I'm going to have to say lifestyle again.
0: The lifestyle uh, in Appalachia, which you've already alluded to. I think that's a great answer.
1: It's very cherishable.
0: Also in tradition, you mentioned before from Ohio, now live in Kentucky, but just where do you call home? What makes it home for you? What makes it unique? Mm,
1: so I'm going to go back to um, when, when I immerse myself in a community, well, home is always with my husband, wherever that may be, but home can be anywhere you want to make it. I, and when I say I immerse myself in a community, um, I usually have a family that I stay with, which has been a huge blessing because then that's quality time that I get with them. I'm going to get a little uh, eyed here. You know, that's time time with them, time that I'll never get again, time in growth with my husband's family, with my family, with friends. I've stayed with some amazing friends. Being there and and experiencing what other people experience and, and I'm going back to stewardship. I always just try to be the best steward of life that I can. But if you look at when I hashtag any of my pictures, my murals and stuff like that, I put love your city, hashtag love your city. I truly think you should love the city that you're in. Be it's supporting local, buying local, eating local, whatever that looks like, shopping local or picking up trash or just being kind, complimentary, helping put something away, helping someone get in and out of, you know, any act of kindness. I truly think you should love your city in any way that you can.
0: It's an amazing answer. Always enjoy hearing people's different perspective on that answer, but that was that was spot on and perfect. Colleen just thank you for being on the show thank you for doing what you do being that creative but also having a voice in the community connecting with communities and really just bringing communities up and helping them you know spread what they have to the region.
1: Oh thank you so much I appreciate everything you all are doing too um just you, you guys are great advocates for Appalachia and uh just the whole region I, I can't wait to see how you guys grow and even more because you're doing great things thank you for it. that but
0: just to follow up what Will said I really appreciate how you immerse yourself into cities and um, become part of the city I really appreciate the fact that you uh, understand enough to do that and care enough to do that and uh, I, I look forward to seeing your latest mural that you're currently working on mm-hmm. I also look forward to, to helping you uh, somehow create the KT Trail on your website. So uh, we'll, we'll do it together. Thank you very much for, for being on our show.
1: And for Thank everybody you. out there,
0: in case you were wondering, topwater poppers, that's the lure of the day, topwater poppers. Is.
1: <laughs> <laughs> A red worm, white tail. Sometimes it works. Uh,
0: wanted to mention that music you heard on the introduction to Colleen. That is actually called Bright Shade Flying Fortress. It was composed by her talented husband. It actually is a tribute to B-17 Flying Fortress bomber pilots and crew who fought in World War II. You can actually find it on YouTube. There's a video that goes along with it. It's also composed by him. It has real footage from World War II. It's called Bright Shade Flying Fortress. You can just search for it on YouTube. He also is a veteran. So we want to thank him for his service on this Veterans Day. All right, Will. Awesome, awesome guest today. Colleen Turner is such a, I told you before, she's just a great conversation. Someone that's always very thoughtful and impactful in the words that she speaks not only does her art uh, impact many people, but the words and the thoughtfulness in everything she says is just uh, really refreshing to hear. So I'm very grateful that she came on our show tonight, and uh, I hope that all of our listeners and followers will check out all of her art. Uh, I know we made her spell it out on the show, but you can see in our show notes how to see more of Colleen's art, but it's ColleenTurner.art. Check it out. Yeah, even beyond her art, I found it really insightful in regards to how she talked about how important it was in her leadership development, but how important it was for communities to include the creative class when they're they're talking about community development, when they're talking about economic development. I just found that really interesting and a cool aspect to uh, what she does. Yeah, I, I guess probably my favorite thing that you heard Colleen talk about is the fact that she immerses herself into cities and projects that she becomes a she becomes part of the of the city that she's working in or you know the project that she's working on. And I've witnessed it firsthand of her trying to learn as much as possible as she can when she thinks about the 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 art that she's creating. So kudos to her for doing that. And uh, I can't wait to get started on that KT trail. Yeah. Yeah. I I was just going to mention that. (laughs) That's, that's really cool. We definitely need to work on the KT trail. I know I mentioned the Appalachian mural trail. You can see that at muraltrail.com, but it just highlights not only the murals, but also the towns that the murals are in. And, And to your point, you know, the KT mural trail not only highlights her murals, but highlights those towns that she immersed herself in for those, Uh, periods of time. Absolutely. And I know you probably got a business of the, of the week for us today, but, uh, also wanted to make sure we mentioned that you can buy or get with Colleen on, on her website. Uh, if we don't highlight any, any specific business, we do want to make sure and highlight her as a entrepreneur and and her business in itself. And that's Colleen Art. Just to keep with the theme of the episode, you know, I talked about, I just spent a little bit of time in Asheville a couple of weeks ago, but when I was there, I took a tour. It's called the Hood Tours. It was this areas of Asheville that I guarantee you've never been. And a majority of the people that go to Asheville have never been. It's really about the black history, but that's not what I wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about something that we kind of finished the tour at. It was the Peace Gardens and Market. It's in West Asheville, and it's in a part of Asheville that, like I said, not many people get to see, but it's this cool, really incredible uh, community garden that they've built over time. When you first look at it, it looks like a bunch of, to be honest, a bunch of junk. But the more that you walk through it, the more that you walk through this community garden, every piece in the garden tells a story. A lot of it is about Black history in Asheville, But a lot of it is about history in general. And it's just this amazing community garden full of artistry, full of creative space. But I just wanted to mention that because Dwayne Barton and his wife are the two that actually started this Peace Gardens in their community. They wanted to give back to the community. They were tired of seeing it going down the hill. And they have really rejuvenated this community. They have a lot more plans, but you can find the Peace Gardens and Market at urbanpeacegardens.org. It's a really cool idea and it's amazing organization. Like I said, Dwayne Barton, he also has the Hood Tours, parts of Asheville that I guarantee you've never seen. Talk about the black history, but you can also end up in the Peace Gardens and Market. So check it out. Very nice, Will. I'll check that out next time I'm there. Everybody goes to Asheville to see the Biltmore. I'm sick of the Biltmore. I'm going on those tours. Another great episode. Hopefully our listeners enjoy it as much as we did. I thought uh, an amazing guest She's doing some incredible work through her art, through her leadership, through her community action. Don't want to commend her again for that. Thank her for her time. Absolutely. Thanks, Colleen. I guess we can end it like we usually do. Till next time. Peace. I'm up in the mountains again. I'm getting lighter, the
1: air's getting thin. Now I'm facing down with a grin. I've been in the city too long, sidewalks and buildings and singing sad songs. Now I'm back up where I belong in the mountains.